And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond. My name is Andrew Murata, and I am the principal at Port Jervis High School here in Orange County, New York. And welcome to the program this morning. I am here with my man, Gavin Burt. As always, Gavin, how are you this morning? Doing well, and how are you? I'm good, Gavin. We uh, just celebrated our Port Jervis graduation uh, last evening, and uh, very happy and proud of that. Tell me about uh, your graduation, Gavin. Do you remember your high school graduation? I do. It would have been June 26, 1998, and I think I was pleased with it. Part of that was because, and I hate to sound negative, my high school and middle school years were, without a doubt, the worst years of my life. So it was on to bigger and better things. It's been uphill ever since. And then, Gavin, I could understand. We certainly have some kids that don't identify with high school. It doesn't agree with them. But you've gone on from there doing uh, bigger and better things here on the radio. So, Absolutely. And uh, the, the best part of not having, you know, this is kind of a cliche, the best part of not having great middle school or high school years is, for most of those people, they have great adult years. That's not to say that you can't have great teenage years and great adult years, but the cliche goes also that, some people are really popular in high school. They don't make it as adults. I hear you, Gavin, and uh, uh, we hope our uh, Port Jervis graduates are going on to do great things. Again, just held Port Jervis graduation yesterday, and we're thrilled and excited for them. Again, this is Education, Leadership, and Beyond. My name is Andrew Marotta. I am the host of this show and the proud principal of Port Jervis High School. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Marotta 21 and you can also email into the show at andrew at com. So today's concept, everyone, uh, we are on show number three. Our guest today is going to be superintendent of schools, Mr. Thomas Bon Jovi. And today's concept, I have two uh, points I'd like to touch on to begin the show. The first is, again, I spoke about graduation. We just celebrated it last night on Chase Field at our high school. And uh, one of our philosophies and things that we focus on at school is managing major moments. There's a lot that goes into the students getting to graduation, a lot of work by the teachers, the parents. Think about all the uh, planning they've been doing over the past couple of months, getting ready for graduation. Uh, but it's been a long journey. It's been a long journey for those students. I tell parents and students, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Well, they are at mile 26 and just hitting the finish line. But one of the philosophies we have in terms of managing that graduation and managing the major moments is to making sure that we handle the biggest of events and the biggest of things that happened under our watch. So we put a lot into that from the superintendent's office down to my office, down to the grounds office. Uh, there is a lot that goes into that. Certainly communicating with our grounds uh, department. They do a tremendous job making the campus look great. We uh, have the field all set. We're checking the weather, all the things that are going into graduation. Because when the lights are at their brightest, we want to be at our best. Certainly we want to be prepared each and every day for school and all the things that go into that. But that graduation ceremony is a big thing. So many of our community members from Port Jervis uh, we're there, and uh, it's a big it's a big night for us. Um, so that being said, 
that is our opening point, manage major moments. Whatever your job is, whatever your role is in your family or your career, certainly you have some events that are bigger than others. Make the preparations and do the planning to make sure those big events are on point. My second concept for today's show is called the success cycle. Uh, This is something I've picked up over the years here and uh, uh, certainly been brought out by my friend, Dr. Rob Gilbert. He was number one on our program uh, a couple of weeks ago, but the success cycle. So if you're home, if you're drinking your coffee on Saturday morning, grab a pencil. I'll go through this a couple of times. If you're listening in your car, you're listening at work, you obviously can't write it down, but uh, here we go. So imagine you have a clock in front of you and you have 12, 3, 6, and 9. And at the top of that clock, it would read the success cycle. And right under there, it would say, the harder you work, with an arrow to the right. So we'll start with the harder you work. Jot that down. To the right of that, at the number three, would be the better you'll do. So the harder you work, the better you'll do. Draw another arrow down from three to six. The better you'll do, the better you'll feel. You go from the better you'll do to the better you feel. So the better you feel is at six o'clock. And then another arrow up into the left. The better you feel, the more you like it. That would be at nine o'clock, the more you like it. The more you like it with an arrow above it going to the right is back to the harder you'll work. And again, if you take those four concepts, those four ideas, those four statements and put them in a cycle that's called the success cycle, it's something that has worked for me. Uh, I take a look at it. I put my goals in there and and things I'd like to work on. So again, at 12 o'clock, the harder you work, that goes to the right, the better you'll do. The better you'll do, the better you'll feel. The better you'll feel, the more you like it, and so on. So I ask you on this summer Saturday morning, what is a goal that you want to accomplish in your life? What is something that you've been working at in your own personal life, at your work, with your family? And if you start with the harder you work at it, the better you'll do at it, the better you'll feel about it, the more you like it. Whatever it is in your life, there are things that I'm trying to get better at. Being on this radio program, this is program number three. And again, this is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, and this is my third program. I'm trying to get better at it. I know that when Gavin and I get to show number 100, I hope I'm a lot better than I am right now. I'm trying to cut out the uhs and the ahs, but I got to work at it. I'm certainly feeling better about being on the air, and I am enjoying it. So that's an example. Golf. Golf is, can be a great game. A lot of people love golf. It's, it's golf season. People are out playing. That is not something that I am ready to dedicate the time to put into. It's something I play a couple times a year in outings. And every time I play, I enjoy it. But I know uh, deep down in my heart I don't have the time, nor do I have the desire to, to put in with that. Um, so I know that golf isn't something that's just going to come to me. Here's a great story uh, that I had heard. Uh, The first man to ever break the four-minute mile was Roger Bannister. That happened May 6, 1954. Roger Bannister was not some big-time athlete. He was not some famous worldwide track person. Roger Bannister in Oxford, England, was a medical student. He earned a medical scholarship to Oxford and... In order to train for the marathon, 
I did not know this. I heard this story that Sir Roger Bannister would skip one class per day in middle school. He would rotate that class. Now, for all my listeners out there, I'm certainly not advocating for you to skip class, but this guy was trying to juggle medical school while training for the Olympics, while maintaining that track uh, scholarship. And he would train hard for the uh, the track and the running. And, you know, you put this phrase to what he accomplished. It's not what you put into the training. It's what you put into the time. So he had a limited amount of time to put into that training, and he wound up becoming the first man to break the four-minute mile. That's Sir Roger Bannister. Look it up in Google, May 6, 1954, Oxford, England. And again, if you put what he did into that success cycle, the harder you work, the better you'll do. The better you feel, the more you'll like it. He was able to accomplish a major goal and a major uh, uh, feat in history it has since been broke many times and now is the standard for those runners. Um, but what an amazing feat by Sir Roger Bannister. And again, I relate that to the success cycle. So again, I ask you here in the beginning of the summer, what is it that you want to accomplish? What is something in your life that you're working towards, working on? Put it into this success hi- cycle and draw it. Literally draw that circle and you'll make it work for you. This is Andrew Murata. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Please follow me at Twitter, at AndrewMurata21. And um, you can email in the show, Andrew at NeverSinkMediaGroup.com. Next up is our guest, Superintendent of Schools, Mr. Thomas Bon Jovi. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. Good morning. This is Andrew Murata on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. We are on Country 107.7 WDLC, 106.9 WYNY and Wall Radio, and that was John Bon Jovi on the radio, but in studio today, very happy, very proud to have Superintendent of Schools Port Jervis City School District, Mr. Thomas Bon Jovi. Welcome to the program, Mr. Bon Jovi. Great to be here, Mr. Mata. Thank you very much for having me, and hello to everyone out there. Happy Saturday morning. Mr. Bon Jovi, we are pre-recording this, uh, so we actually, you and I haven't physically uh, been at graduation yet this year, but while this is on the radio, Saturday morning, graduation will have happened, and I talked about managing major moments to open uh, the show. And again, working under you, Mr. Bon Jovi, as your assistant principal for many years, 
I watched you run graduation and, and I watched you manage the major moments as principal and now as, as superintendent. Do you, miss, do you miss the graduations or is that something that you enjoy now attending as, as superintendent? Well, certainly you enjoy it in a different way. Uh, being a part of the planning, the execution, the practices, that's a lot of fun because you do get close with the kids. Uh, you, you get more emotionally involved a little bit when you're the high school principal. But I do love graduation. It is the ultimate culmination of 12 years. It is a team effort from K through 12. So it's a celebration not just for the high school teachers, but for every faculty and staff member because it's everyone who gets those kids to that stage, including the parents. And they'll, they'll be in those stands uh, out there for sure. And, and what a great celebration of our community, not only our schools and our, and our community. Mr. Bon Jovi, you've been involved in education a long time. You have a, a family of educators. How, how did you get started uh, in, in your education uh, uh, career? All right, so before we get started, Mr. Murata, I did hear a Bon Jovi song playing as we started this segment. So let's just clear this for the record once and for all. Is your cousin John Bon Jovi coming in? Is that, is that what you're going to tell me? John Bon Jovi is not coming in. He is not coming over for Thanksgiving dinner, nor to open gifts on Christmas. But with that being said, every family or most families have someone who's kind of in charge of the family history, the lineage. So I do have a brother, Don, who's the family historian. And through all of his records and his investigations, he did find out that we are in fact third cousins of John Bon Jovi. So all of the Bon Jovis come from the same small town in Sicily. Caltabaletta, Sicily, I believe is the pronunciation. And John Bon Jovi spells it B-O-N-J-O-V-I, but that is merely for phonetic reasons so that you can pronounce it properly. His correct spelling is the same as my spelling, B-O-N-G-I-O-V-I. And from our research, John Bon Jovi's grandfather and my grandfather were brothers, which makes my generation third cousins, my father second cousins, my grandfather first cousin. And that's how we got Bon Jovi. So I've been here long enough. Uh, it usually kind of pops up when someone meets me for the first time. They say, hey, Bon Jovi. Uh, I can sing pretty well, not as good as him. I certainly don't have the head of hair that he still has. Well, we did have Bon Jovi playing, and uh, we have some other music planned for you on our next segment. It's uh, one of your favorites, so, but we'll hold on to that. All right, I look forward to it. So getting back to your original question, how I got started in education. Uh, so in high school, I enjoyed social studies probably more than any other subject. So I took a, a heavy load of social studies but by senior year, I actually ended up having my oldest brother as a teacher. I come from a large family. There's seven of us, and there's a 16-year difference between myself and my oldest brother. So here I am in high school. I'm 16 or 17, so he's 32 or 33 years old. The class that I had to take to graduate, he was the only person who taught that section. So I had him for a teacher. You have to remember, though, when you think of brother relationships, so 16-year difference, I was only 
two or three when he left for college. And then, you know, those crazy 70s kids, he got married after junior year of college. So he never really came back home. So while he was my oldest brother, kind of more like an uncle-nephew relationship. When I had him for a teacher, though, that's when we got close. And I saw just how much fun he had, how he enjoyed his job. And it was senior year that I decided that I wanted to be a teacher. Though he was an English teacher, I decided to be a social studies teacher. So I was fortunate to go into college knowing that I was an education major with a social studies background. And that was in uh, Seaford, Long Island, correct? That was at Seaford High School, yes. Most of my family went to Seaford High School. We had a few people who went to Catholic high school, but most of us went to public high school. And I know that area well. My brother's out uh, in Long Island. And well, so so we're a little over two hours from Seaford. How did you wind up in Orange County, uh, New York, and, and here in Port Jervis? So I ended up teaching at Seaford my last nine years of teaching. I taught at Deer Park High School my first year out of college. I knew that that was only a one-year position, but it was the only thing open. I took it. By the end of that year, I'd already secured a job at a neighboring district in Suffolk County, Babylon Junior Senior High School. I taught 7th grade, 11th grade, and 12th grade, so kind of the whole gamut. Uh, Loved both Deer Park and Babylon, but a position opened at Seaford. I applied. I got it, and I was there for nine years. In that time at Seaford, I did end up marrying uh, my best friend. Friend, Miss Lisa Whiteman from Lemoyne College. We were always just friends. We never dated. And basically, I wore her down. If over many years of inviting her to kind of come to Long Island with a group of people, by inviting her to go to the proms with me for many years, I was the class advisor, so I, I always ran either the junior or senior prom. So after a while, she just kind of weakened. It's kind of like uh, Shawshank Redemption. It's, all it takes is pressure and time. <laughs> so Andy Dufresne dug out of prison through pressure and time. I got my best friend to marry me through pressure and time. Now, with that, she was from a very small town upstate New York near Cortland and didn't really like Long Island. She moved to Long Island. We lived in Massapequa Park. We bought our first house there in Massapequa Park, just a few miles from Seaford High School. And once I got my administrative degree, I was doing my internship at Seaford to get my hours, and I started applying to schools. And at that point, I realized that if we're going to leave Seaford anyway, because there just really wasn't any administrative jobs open at that time. There wasn't uh, any administrative jobs in the near future that would be open. So I knew I would have to leave my alma mater, the place I love so much. So we figured if we're going to leave Seaford anyway, let's go live where we really would want to live, our dream. And that was to live on or near a lake in the Poconos. I'd gone there my entire life. Uh, with the family. So we bought a house in the Poconos and I had applied to Port Jervis High School 
for a social studies position in the spring of 2000. In pretty late August of 2000, I got a call on a Friday afternoon from a Tony DeMarco. That's right, the legendary Mr. DeMarco. He asked me if I'd be interested in coming in for an interview on Monday. This is Friday. I said, sure, I'll come in. I interviewed at that time with then-principal Joseph DiLorenzo. Also in on the interview was Tony DeMarco and Mr. Kevin Birmingham, legendary teacher. Port Jervis finest. Absolutely. After the interview, they asked if I could stay around for a few hours because they wanted me to see the assistant superintendent for instruction to go to the next level though the assistant superintendent for instruction at that time was out of the district and would be back uh, in a few hours. That person was Mr. Robert Witherow. So I met with Mr. Witherow. The interview ended, let's say, at 10 a.m. I believe my interview was at 1 p.m. with Mr. Witherow, and he offered me the job that day. Now, this was a big step for my wife and I. We had a two-year-old son, my wife was expecting in just a few weeks our daughter, Olivia. So I asked for a week. I needed a week to go home, to think about it, talk to my wife, and see if we could work it out. Their board meeting, I didn't know at the time, but now I know, they're on Tuesdays, and the board meeting was the next night. So they wanted an answer that day so they could put me on the agenda but I convinced them to give me a week. And they took a risk because they didn't really have uh, anyone else for this position, and if I turned them down, now they're a week closer to school and they still don't have anyone. But I took that week, we brought some realtors in, priced our house, and I called Mr. Witherow back, I believe, on Thursday of that same week, and I accepted the job. Seaford to Port Jervis. Seaford to Port Jervis. Mr. Bonjo, we have a, a time for one, one last question. So you started as a social studies teacher. You were assistant principal of uh, the high school. You became the principal of the middle school, principal of the high school, assistant superintendent. And now you're the superintendent for, for several years now. How did you, how did you, you know, this show's about a lot of different things, Mr. Bon Jovi. It's about leadership. It's about fatherhood. It's about making good decisions, bettering yourself. How did you transition successfully from each position? What was one or two things that you, that you did to, to adjust to those different positions? Well, a few things, Mr. Murata. I would say I was, it's a combination of a lot of things. So in life, I believe you have to make calculated risks. Sometimes the biggest risk in life is not risking at all. So you can't be foolhardy, can't be make, take foolish risks, take calculated risks. So me leaving Seaford was a calculated risk. It was, actually, it was actually quite a bit of a pay cut in my teaching salary because I went from teacher to teacher for that one year. But I knew and I was confident that there would be opportunities at Port Jervis. Add into the calculated risks the idea that 
I had a lot. I was blessed to be surrounded by great people. Surround yourself with great people. So I was very lucky to have people like Kevin Birmingham, George Roman, Bob Donnelly, Tony DeMarco to help guide me. So they guided me into that assistant principal job, guided me to the middle school principal and up the ladder, high school, ASI, and now four years as superintendent. So I'm very proud to be here in Port Jervis for 17 years and a total of 29 years in education. And when you take over a new job, you kind of got to get a lay of the land. I would always recommend to anyone moving up the ladder in any position, don't go into a new position and just turn everything upside down. I always say you have to have someone's heart before you can ask for their hand. We're going to get into those Bon Jovi-isms in a little bit. That's one of them. Uh, this is Education, Leadership, and Beyond. This is Andrew Murata with my guest, Superintendent of Schools, Mr. Thomas Bon Jovi. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata. We are on Country 107.7 WDLC, 106.9 WYNY, and Wall Radio. Follow me at on Twitter, at Andrew Murata 21 and email in the show, andrew at com. We have uh, a special guest with us today, Mr. Thomas Bon Jovi, Superintendent of Schools here in Port Jervis. And uh, even though his last name is Bon Jovi and he gave us a little history there, I believe, Mr. Bon Jovi, we just had your favorite band on. Is that right? That is right. So I know the Beach Boys maybe weren't the most talented, though they had a lot of talent. So when you, if you ask me, who do I think the greatest group of all time was? I would certainly say the Beatles. If you ask me who my favorite group is, by far it is the Beach Boys. It is just, it is fun. You know it. You dance to it. I was raised on it. Again, I have older brothers who grew up in the 60s, and we had all the 45s that we just played over and over again. A lot of those were Beach Boy songs. And Mr. B, you know, you're in front of that microphone now, so it's truth serum. I, I believe you've seen the, the, the Beach Boys a couple times. Is, would, you, would you say that's accurate? I would say that is accurate. I lost count after the 30th time. <laughs> <laughs> I am scheduled to see them in August at Penn's Peak. Fantastic. 
Mr. B, you, you touched on one of your Bon Jovi-isms, as we fondly called them. Uh, you, you've been my mentor and, and a guide for me, and you touched on some of the gentlemen and, and people at Port Jervis that did that for you. And you said about you have to have someone's heart before you have their hand. And, and we learn by stories. We learn by these sayings. Sure. What are some other Bon Jovi-isms that, uh, that you enjoy using, uh, that you've learned from other people? What are some other uh, little short points of, of wisdom and, and things that you'd like to share? Absolutely. So for me, it's superintendent. For you, it would be high school principal. For a teacher, it's a teacher. For a custodian, it's a custodian. You represent the school. So for me, in the least significant moments, I'm going to be seen, I'm going to be identified, and I'll be labeled as, hey, there goes the superintendent of schools. So I always say, I don't loosen my tie until I hit 84, which means when I'm in town, whether I'm getting my hair cut at Manny's, getting a slice at PJ Pizza, or maybe getting a sandwich at Hess's, you will always see me with my jacket on, the tie tight, because I represent Port Jervis School District, and I want people to see me as the superintendent. You don't want to be walking around with the tie undone, looking sloppy, because I represent the school. I represent, I represent Port Pride, and that is something I am very, very proud of and take very seriously. Some of the other things that we've talked about over the years, I believe once called the captain of the ship mentality. So the captain of the ship is responsible for the conduct of the crew under his or her command. So you have to own it. So if things go wrong, when I was the high school principal, if something went wrong, even though it's not directly my fault, I own it. I'm responsible for it. So I may not have made the error or whatever it was, but I'm responsible to address it, to correct it. That's the captain of the ship mentality. May I make a comment? Absolutely, Gavin. I wish we had a little more of that in the world. Thank you. Thanks, Gavin, for uh, jumping in on the show. Mr. Bon Jovi, you know, you, you've inspired me in a lot of the ways and, and listening to you talk. Uh, you know, I did write a book here, and that's what you did. got, got me got the show oh. started. Uh, I look forward to seeing that book. It'll be out in September. It's entitled The Principle, 125 Points of Wisdom, Practical Tips, and Relatable Stories for All School Principles. And some of these Bon Jovi-isms are in there, things I've learned from you, things I've watched you do, and now as principal that I get to do, one of them is take it and make it your own. Um, Mr. Bon Jovi, you meet a lot of new teachers, a lot of new administrators. What's, what's advice that you would give them? What's something that when you hire them and shake their hand, do you give them a couple of tips of wisdom or a couple of expectations uh, from you as the leader or the captain of the ship, as you say? When we're interviewing for a position, certainly depending on the position, you want different background of the person. But at the end of the day, kind of things I learned from Tony DeMarco and Kevin Birmingham, you know, teachers have a toolbox. 
And there's lots of different, you know, I have a toolbox at home. I'm sure you have a toolbox at home, Mr. Murata. And people at home have a toolbox, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes it's in a bag. Sometimes it's a bucket. Sometimes it could be the junk drawer. But you, you have tools that you have around your house. You got to know how to use a lot of different tools when you're a teacher. And you and I know that we know of some people, no one, of course, presently in our schools, but some teachers, the only tool they have and use is the hammer. Got to have more than the hammer. You got to know how to use a screwdriver, the pliers, etc. So as Tony DeMarco would say, I want someone who can dance. Tony would call it someone who can, they got to know how to dance. So we have a great school district here. And it doesn't matter whether it's Port Jervis, Seaford, or Timbuktu. If you're going to be a teacher, you got to know how to dance. You got to have a lot of tools that you can use in your toolbox. And you have to like, I would say not like, you have to love kids to be a great teacher to be a great administrator, to be in education, or even to work in schools in any position. You have to love kids. Mr. Bon Jovi, it's, it's great to have you on the show. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond. And, and Mr. Bon Jovi, I know you're 13-plus years, and, and I know one of your Bon Jovi-isms, you always call people Mr. and Mrs., and here I am, I have you on the show. I, I'm hesitant to say Tom. I, I, I say Mr. Bon Jovi because, again, that's something that you've kind of trained me in, and, and it, you know, it's in a formal setting. And uh, It is a formal setting. It's a sign of respect. And again, as I'd said, in the least significant moments, people see you as the principal or as the teacher or as the superintendent. So when you're passing in the hallway, there's kids around. You say, hello, Mr. Bon Jovi. Hello, Mr. Birmingham. Hello, Mr. Murata. Hello, Mrs. Lane. So kids see that, and they're going to emulate that. So I usually do not, even people who are my best friends or very close friends in the education world, when we're in a public setting, I call them Mr. or Mrs. And in fact, it just becomes force of habit that even when you're talking on the phone privately, you call them Mr. or Mrs. That's true. Mr. Bon Jovi, you're a, you know, you're a young superintendent and again, you and I know each other a long time. People might say that you're old school. You know, some of these things are old school. You keep the tie formal uh, on. You know, Mr. and Mrs., you know, and, and you and I have shared some stories about our parents and our influences. We just had our Father's Day show a, a week ago, and, and I spoke about my dad. Who, who have been some of the inspirations in your life? You mentioned some of the mentors right here. Uh, but I know you have some some leaders uh, hanging on your wall in your office, and also y- your family and your parents had a, a, a deep impact on you. Talk about that for a little bit, Mr. Bon Jovi, and who were some of the people who inspired you um, in, in your world? So I'm sure similar to you and a lot of our listeners out there, my parents. I was blessed to have a, a loving mother and father. Again, we there were seven of us. And I remember my fa- both my parents are deceased now, uh, but I remember at my father's uh, wake when I was uh, eulogizing him, you know, some of the things I said uh, in a time, you know, my dad served in World War II, certainly, and uh, some of the things I went through, I specifically said, you know, in, in a time when people question 
whether we should get involved in, in certain areas of the world uh, militarily. Here's a guy who tried to sign up for World War II. He was actually too heavy, but he wanted to sign up. So he lost 30 pounds in a month because the time was running out for him to sign up. And then he went back and he signed up and uh, went into the Army Air Corps, which was the precursor to the Air Force. There was no Air Force. It was the Army Air Corps. So he did his part. He told us some wild stories about World War II, but most of them were you know, kind of imaginary. He made himself sound like James Bond. But for him, that was probably his way of uh, kind of hiding the horrors of war from his children. But he did his part to keep America free. In a time where I worry about how I'm going to put just two kids through college, my parents put seven kids through college. All top schools, Duke, Columbia, Lemoyne. Lemoyne Dolphins. <laughs> That's right, the Dolphins. So my dad, the fact that he worked so hard, and he was old school, and he wasn't necessarily kind of a, a touchy-feely guy. He was a tough guy. We had very strict rules in our house, and we followed them, believe me. I won't talk about what would happen if you didn't follow them, but I always followed them. Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Again, that was a, a generation where uh, many moms did not work. My mom really stayed home, and, and the work was uh, probably much harder than my dad's. She raised seven kids and uh, did an incredible job at that. She volunteered, and I think that's where I get my uh, love of volunteering from her, being a part of something bigger than yourself. So for many years, I volunteered for the American Cancer Society. I presently, I'm going to my seventh year volunteering at Bethelwood Center for the Arts along with my wife. So my parents uh, instilled a lot of great things in me. Uh, probably one that uh, kind of is uh, funny is the early to bed, early to rise. So we had a very early bedtime growing up, even by high school. I had to be in bed by 9 o'clock, and my body is still kind of on that clock. So I go to bed very early, and I get up early because then you can get a lot done. And uh, that leads me right into my next question, Mr. Bon Jovi, and, and we have uh, just a couple of minutes left uh, with you here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. My name is Andrew Murata, and I'm fortunate and blessed to be the principal at Port Jervis High School here with Superintendent of Schools, Mr. Thomas Bon Jovi. You mentioned about going to bed early and getting up early. I know you go to the gym every morning, Mr. Bon Jovi, faithfully. You know, as school superintendent, one of the concepts in the book is called My Old Blue Chair. And it's a song from Kenny Chesney about finding a peace and, and a place to relax and a place to write songs. You know, where is your solace, Mr. Bon Jovi? How, where do you relax? How does someone who's at the top like yourself, there's a lot of pressure you know, where, where do you relax? Is it the gym? Do you have some other places in your life that you can get away from school for a little bit? And, and how do you de-stress? Absolutely. Everyone has their Kokomo, <laughs> their place where they want to go and get away from it all. So 
I actually do love the gym. I go every morning. I get up about 4.15 a.m. That gets me to Planet Fitness by 5 a.m. I run and then lift some weights till about 6.30. We shower there and then I'm in by about 7. So that is a great way to de-stress. I believe in healthy body, healthy mind. I've been doing that for basically my entire life. But certainly here at Port Jervis, it was the old Tri-State Gym. And when that closed, I moved over to Planet Fitness. So I do love going to the gym. I see a lot of people in the morning uh, from the district. Doc Sadigiani's there every morning too, believe me. Uh, as far as getting away, I do like to just spend some time uh, on or near the lake. It's very soothing, very relaxing, the fresh air. And just uh, helps you get away from it all a little bit. Yeah. Mr. Bon Jovi, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Uh, you've certainly been a friend to me. You've been a friend to the Port Jervis schools and, and this community. Uh, our guest today, Superintendent of Schools, Mr. Thomas Bon Jovi. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond. And if you have a question or a comment for me or Mr. Bon Jovi, please email the show, andrew at com, or hit me up on Twitter, at Andrew Murata, 21, uh, Superintendent of Schools, Mr. Thomas Bon Jovi. Thanks so much for coming on. My pleasure. Love Port Jervis. I'm proud to be here. Proud to be your superintendent. Go Port. Thanks, Mr. B. Welcome back, everybody. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata. I'm the principal at Port Jervis High School in Port Jervis, New York. Thanks for listening. Hit me up on Twitter, at AndrewMurata21, and uh, email in the show, andrew at com. A quick recap of today's show. I spoke about our graduation it was last night, Friday night, in Port Jervis schools. I talked about managing major moments. Got to get that stuff right. When the bright lights are on, you have to be at your best. And then I talked about the success cycle. The success cycle, whatever it is that you're working on. The harder you work, the better you'll do. The better you do, the better you'll feel. The better you'll feel, the more you'll like it. And the, harder you, the more you like it, the harder you'll work. That's the success cycle. And uh, apply that to what you want to accomplish this summer and beyond, and it'll work for you. The last segment of our show is a write-in portion where uh, a listener can ask a question. Uh, send it to my email, andrew at com. 
So last week we spoke about what is it that we do uh, in the summer. And one of the things that we do in the summer as administrators is we interview. So today's question is, what do I look for in interviews? Uh, We have a couple positions I'll be interviewing in the summer, and I really do enjoy the interview process. We're meeting new people and uh, looking for characteristics and and things and to hire the next person. And we want that person to influence our kids and and do a good job in our schools, whether it's a custodial position, a teaching position, an administrator position. Um, So there are certainly things that I look for in today's question is, what do I look for in interviews? So certainly uh, starting out, promptness. The person has to be on time. It is an irritant to me when someone does not come on time for an interview. Uh, Mr. Bon Jovi was on, superintendent of schools today, and uh, he talked about coming up here from Seaford, New York. I know he came up the day before. He came up on Sunday for that Monday interview, checked it out, scouted out where he needed to be. He didn't want to hit traffic. Uh, so he was certainly early. Another thing I look for is professional dress. How is the person dressed? We're normally interviewing in the summer months. It can be warm. It can be hot. Uh, I like having an, uh, an untucked button-down shirt on in the summertime. I like that that relaxing look, but I, I certainly am looking for that person to be in a shirt and a tie or a, a business casual uh, dress. And uh, my old friend Di- Diane Dinan, if she's listening here in Goshen, she told me one of the things she used to look for is uh, closed-toed shoes in women. Um, again, that's not a mandate, but that's something I, I noticed and I remember from her telling me that years ago. Another thing that sticks out for me is errors on your resume, spelling mistakes or inaccuracies, things like that. Uh, And it might be a simple error, or is that a reflection or a a picture of a bigger issue? If you're out there and you're applying for jobs, make sure you double and triple check your resume. Have multiple people look at it for errors. Uh, That's something that stands out. I certainly look at where... People went to school. Did they did they go somewhere far from home? Did they go to a, a top college? Did they go to an Ivy League college? Do they have their master's degree? Were they magna cum laude, summa cum laude, looking for their education? Uh, and, you know, going to t- top-level schools. A college diploma is a great thing in, in someone's life, uh, but certainly some schools stand out academically from others, and uh, some of those catch my eyes. Next thing I look for on that resume and when I'm interviewing, how long have people been at positions? If you see a resume of someone who's been two years one place, two years somewhere else, one year somewhere else, two years somewhere else, what does that tell you? Now, maybe there is a story and a reason of what happened to that person and why they moved, uh, or maybe it was that they weren't asked back. So you need to, you need to look at that. Uh, Mr. Bon Jovi and I spoke about today on the show, education, leadership, and beyond. He spoke about, can the person dance? Can they be flexible? Uh, That's something that we learned from our friend Tony DeMarco. So I asked them different situations, different questions about how would they handle certain uh, circumstances. I remember when I interviewed with Mr. DeMarco, it was a day that it was an early release I was interviewing for assistant principal and the building was excited because they were getting out early because there was pending snow coming and there was a fight in the cafeteria 
and we heard the call come over the radio. There's a fight in the cafeteria. We need help. And Mr. DeMarco was the principal at the time. He jumped up, and I jumped up, and I started going with him just, just on reaction. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm going with you. And he, and he looked at me like, and, and he said right there, he told me afterwards, you had gotten the job because I knew you could dance. I knew you can go on the fly, and uh, I knew you were going to be by my side there as my assistant principal. And little did I know that was one of the factors that got me. I like to throw a curveball. If I like the person and, I, and I'm getting a good vibe from the person, I like to throw them a curveball. Um, I recently interviewed a teacher who talked about how she was trained in restraining kids. She was working at a, uh, a, a school where, where they had some difficult students and she had to be tra- uh, trained in restraining kids. I said, show me. So we stood up in the, in the interview and, uh, man, did she put me into the wall? I think my arm still hurts. But I liked her willingness to jump up and, and, and show me that. The last thing and probably the most important thing we look for in the interviews, we want to hear the person say the words But if you're going to work in our school, if you're going to work around us, you have to love kids. You have to love kids. And that's something that we look for in uh, uh, people that we are hiring and bring on board at Port Jervis. So we are out of time. Uh, Again, this was Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving with Andrew Murata. I had a great time on today's show Uh, Right after our graduation, Superintendent of Schools, Mr. Thomas Bon Jovi, was our guest. Next week, coming up, is Superintendent of Delaware Valley Schools, Dr. John Bell. He'll be our next guest next week. We are on Country 107.7 WDLC, 106.9 WYNY, and Wall Radio. Thanks for joining us on this Saturday morning. Have a great weekend, everyone, and go out and change the world. Make it a better place. Take me back.